Episode number 17, my guest today is Ziggy to play it. He's an MC. He is an outdoor aficionado. He is an artist. He is a vocalist. He is just an overall dope dude. I think you'll enjoy the show. I decided to record and film outside, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but you can hear the sounds of the great outdoors. Anyway, um... We're giving away an ashtray for Queendom. I'll put the description in the link. I the link in the description. Something. Anyway, check it out and make sure that you um, send those screenshots of you sharing the link bloomerpod.com with five people. But make sure that you blur out the phone numbers, but not the zip codes, so we know what parts of the cities, the area codes, so we know what parts of the cities that you have uh, shared it with. Anyway. The first uh, person to show five people gets a free ashtray. Uh, customized, I deserve this, Queendom ashtray. Shut up, phone. Anyway, I'm at Southern Mugs Coffee Shop. It is October 20th. This episode was recorded a week ago, and I am catching up. I have two other episodes in the bank, and thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm doing an outside podcast this afternoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Late Bloomer Podcast. This shit hit different, though. When you outside, that shit hit different, don't it? Yes, <sighs> them, them fucking, ooh, them trees. Beautiful, beautiful. Alexa, shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, so... This is Spooks McGee. Welcome to the Late Bloomer Podcast. I got Ziggy Two Player on the line. What's going on, brother? Hey man, I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for breath. How you feeling? Oh man, same, same. You know, man, life is uh, life is funny, dog. It's real easy to complain about the shit that be happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And being a black man in America. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a cliche, but, I mean, there's a reason why some shit is a cliche, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's almost like like a joke. Like, uh, <laughs> like really? Like, again with the bullshit? Yeah. That's how I be feeling, man. It's like, um, I know that there's a moment where everything's going to come together. And you might not remember this, but you and I spoke about this one time. Did we? Yep. Speak on it. We were at a show. You were a little distracted. You were doing your thing. And I was coming at you with some philosophy shit. And I was doing my, I was doing the Spooks McGee thing. And I was being super extra. You feel me? Right. And I was like, dog, man, you know, just every time I feel like one thing or another, there's always one thing or another coming at me, coming at me. And you was like, 
hey man, you know, I know that it seems like it's like it's never going to end, but one day everything's going to come together. You said that. Did I? Yep. Sounds like something I would say. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. And then you talked about how you were Nigerian, and I had a uh, I had just did my um my DNA test and found out that I too am the twenty twenty eight percent Nigerian. Yeah. Um. From what I've experienced in life and communicating with people, uh, especially if you have Caribbean, like this it. Yeah. Like Caribbean people are usually between twenty five to like thirty eight percent. You know. You know. Don't. That's not for the record books. You know. What I'm saying. What I'm saying is. <laughs> That's what I've heard from people who I talked to yeah. when they said that they did their DNA test. Mm. Um, so, so it's not it's not strange. It's not odd. Um, the African diaspora, a lot of people were taken from the Biafra coast, but my people were from the Igbo people. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, that explains that. Hmm. I heard this um this bit on a Jadena's album, eighty five to Africa. Yeah. And one of the guys, I don't know if it's Jadena doing a voice. One of the guys says, the, the years of the Aruba man are known by like football jerseys, you know? <laughs> the days of the Europa man are numbered? Like football jerseys. Fo- number like football jerseys. Okay. <laughs> That's what he yeah. said. And then he said, the only thing that will bring us together is the fact that we are all African. The African diaspora is the one thing that connects all humanity. I was like, yeah. damn. Damn. Yeah. That's heavy. That's true. That's true. Because if we don't, if we don't become one big tribe, we have to become a whole bunch of tribes. What do you think about tribalism in general? Uh, depending on uh, the intent, as with everything in life, um, that'll determine how it goes. And also, it's based on the leadership. Whether this leader is humble, personable, and y'all can maneuver. Mm. Mm. So, you think that we need somebody uh, over us that leads us every time? You think we can't lead ourselves? I feel like if we lead ourselves, that's a whole bunch of shit when we're trying to reach one goal. So, well, how do we pre- how do we prevent? And I'm sorry, we we going all into the shit. I didn't even introduce you. None of that shit. <laughs> It's all good. How do we prevent these leaders from being drunk with power and misusing their leadership? Because that's like it's that's like almost human nature. Every time, without fail, they are some fuck shit. They want to like you know take advantage of women, take advantage of the way money is distributed, all that shit. Just examine these people and make sure you're coming up with them. Hmm. If you're coming up with them, you know where they started from. You can call them on their ideas. I mean, but that comes from within. Damn. They, you know the. Our oppressor and different people like that. They know these people since they was kids. Oh, this is my uncle's. Forgive me, I'm messing this guess I guess the alarm is going off. It's all good. But uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's little George Bush. That's that's George Bush's uh, senior son or whatever the hell. You know what I'm saying? They see these kids. Their kids play together. They go to the same little private school. Right. So when it's when it's your turn, like all right, it's your turn. You know what I'm saying? So if you're in the community and you're really around this energy and about this tribalism or about whatever you are, even if you play a saxophone, you're around other people who play saxophone. So you know who you should recommend to Beyonce when she needs a saxophone player. You feel me? Right, right, right. Like right. you're coming up with these people. So this person would be a good leader. 
And if he, that person's really out in the community and doing their thing and humble and showing that they're about community growth, everybody's going to agree because they already know this dude. Mm. Mm. One thing that I noticed about Nigerians and West Indians is their ability to pay homage and respect to the elders. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me, before you, before you continue, or lady, or lady. It could be a lady, too. Right, right. Let's not, let's not <laughs> exclude trying, the ladies, because on some real that's shit... definitely a fact. Oh, yeah, on some real shit, some of the strongest leaders that have been out there are women, for real. Women, women, women. Black women. women. You right. know what I'm saying? My mama popped in my head, and I was like, boy. <laughs> 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 yeah, but continue with your, uh, with your point. I was just going to say, um, one thing that I noticed is that the people of these... Uh, origins have a huge reverence and respect for the elders and they pay a huge important part in the whole structure and what i've noticed is that american western culture it disregards elderly people i feel like that's a part of the way the system is uh, even there's a whole bunch of things in western culture where they say, okay, well, the older people don't know what they're talking about. This is a new day. And they push that. They push that on people so that they don't learn or carry on the stories from the past into the future because everything is cyclical. You know what I'm saying? It's just like your younger sibling or your, your younger cousin or whoever and said, yo, when you get around girls, this is what's going to happen. Yo, like, don't hang with these type of people because this is what's going to happen because you've seen your friends do whatever. Right. You know, but they don't want to listen. They don't want to listen to the history that has already taken place mm. and how it happened and why it happened and when it happened, mm. the context. Then they fall into the same trap. Wow. And then they look at you like, dang, I'm sorry. You were right. right. By then it's too late. I feel like while it is important to use those scientific uh, studies. I would call it scientific studies. Trial and error, hypotheses, things go wrong. Someone says, hey, this is what happened when I did this. Maybe it might not happen when you do that. It's just like sciences, you know? I feel like the way that those things work is like you could tell somebody all day what's going to pop off. Yeah. But they don't learn until the shit happens to them. I'm a, I'm a witness to that. Like, I would listen. I, I know all the shit like, that I need to know. Uh, I know everything. That's what Kendrick said. But you, when you go home, you realize you don't know shit. But you know it. You still know it. That's the thing. It's like, are you going to apply it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know things. You know, a fool, only a fool will stand up in this world and say, I know everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's always more to learn. But there's there's people in this world that are enough to survive. And if you don't, you should probably learn or have the knowledge that you need to learn. Right, right, right. Mm. Well, I didn't mean to go in all that deep on the intro, but I want to make sure that I introduce you. This brother is Ziggy Two Player, man. He's a phenomenal artist. Beautiful music he makes out here. Has some really great stuff. One of the things that really put me on to him was that Fisher record. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. I remember that. That was a dope record. I got a lot of uh, amazing response for that. A lot of great opportunities off that record. Man, so, of course. It was beautiful. Not only that, the visuals were phenomenal, bro. Tell us a little bit about that whole situation, man. That was beautiful. Uh, so, as far as the visual, it was Obi, uh, who was really in charge of creative direction. Who? Uh, Obi. He, um, he's a videographer. He works with um, uh, Uncle Lef, and on he does his own private thing as well. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, he's worked with artists like Future, 21 Savage, you know, to go down the line. Right. I don't want to name drop for him, <laughs> but yeah. 
But uh, yeah, after, after um, we worked together, I felt like um, in one project he was going to be good for that video, so it turned out great. Dope, dope, dope. Another thing that really I like about uh, what you've done, um, and let me know if I'm wrong about this, but didn't you do a Publix record? A Publix record? Oh, uh, it was a song called Back to the Deli. Back to I the did. Deli. Yo, that Back record is so fun. Yo, that shit is dope, bro. That shit is dope, sure. man. Yeah, um, man, whenever you do that song, we throw subs down to the crowd. That's <laughs> for real? You never been to a show? Dog, I, I haven't been to anything, dude. I just be like... Ask somebody. Yeah. You know what, dog? <laughs> Y'all should do a video in Publix, dog. Why haven't you done it yet? They won't let you? Bro, we've been trying to talk to different, you know, black-owned delis oh, and okay. stuff like that. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I realized, you know, love to Publix, um, but I would I would much much rather um, do something that, that sheds some light on a business that's getting off the ground or like it's really good but just needs more publicity right 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 and Publix that's got a whole monster behind it Publix has like an arena i think right in florida yeah yeah and that's the thing that's the whole reason why i was really like into this podcast vibe is because i was trying to make sure that i'm able to use whatever little bitty influence i got to push these products on these uh these uh small companies you know what i'm saying mm-hmm so if you don't yeah. mind, that's a great opportunity for me to segue into some ads if you don't mind. Go ahead. Hey, everybody. What's going on? This is Spooks McGee with the Late Bloomer Podcast. I wanted to interrupt the show real quick to let y'all know about Typical Div. That's T-Y-P-I-C-A-L-D-I-V as in Victor dot com. Yes, he's a rapper. Yeah, he makes music. He has dope shit. And it's great. Wonderful. Yes. But he also roasts his own coffee, dog. Fresh. Here, in Georgia, and you can have it shipped to you immediately. And if you go to the website, typicaldiv.com, and I'll put it on the bottom of the screen once I go into post, you could actually get 10% off your purchase at, sh- at checkout with the, blue, with the, with the uh, promo code BLOOMER. Listen to me. 10% off your, 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 pri- your checkout with the promo code BLOOMER, B-L-O-O-M-E-R. And for those who really, really want to support... Right? I got a special thing for y'all. It's the Queendom. I deserve this ashtray. Custom made. Custom made. I deserve this ashtray. And it's going to be yours for free if you can show yourself sharing the podcast with three people. The first person to show me sharing the podcast link with three people will win this ashtray for free. F-R-E-E, free 99. All right, we're going back to the show. So, Ziggy. Tell me about this, man. Um, so I was watching you earlier, and I was talking about the beginnings when I first first saw you. And Fisher was like the move, right? And then yeah. I was like, okay, all of a sudden, Ziggy Two Player became Ziggy Two P, and then his shit started to become like this new age uh, black exploitation vibe. What's up with that? What? That shit was so dope, man. The 70s vibe, man, with the fro and the sideburns. That shit started coming through. It's like, oh, shit. He's developed, he's developed something that's classic but new and fresh. And I'm like, where did all this come from, you know? Uh, it was just natural, honestly. I, I was finishing school at Georgia State, and I wanted to challenge myself by wearing more business attire mm. to the classes. Right. And at the time, I was growing my afro out. So you see anybody in a suit with an afro and sideburns, like, oh, he's trying to do, like, some 70s stuff. I'm like, no, I'm just dressing yeah. for my for my program. 
But I realized I realized it was a thing that people wanted to see. Yeah. So you I just started. Into it. Yeah, it was kind of like putting stuff together that made sense. Like right. I started looking at my hair, my sideburns, more as an accessory than actually my facial hair, and saying what would go well with this belt, what would go well with these shoes. Mm. I would say what would what kind of shirt would go well with these sideburns. Right. 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 That's dope, bro. So did you start, like, uh, uh, crate digging in these thrift stores and finding some dope 70s vibes? Yeah, man. I, um, I actually made it a habit of shopping at specific spots while I'm in specific areas and just knocking it out. And whenever I get a feeling to stop somewhere, I usually find something pretty dope. Uh, there was a time in L.A. where I went through the whole rack at a Goodwill in uh, North Hollywood <laughs> and I didn't see anything and this guy this white guy with stringy hair yeah. he was like hey um, you like this shirt? after I just looked through that whole rack now yeah. he's like you like this shirt? and it's this red kind of like cowboy shirt Nice. he tells me this story about how he used to be a um, yeah, what's these people a stylist for a lot of bands in like the 80s and wow. Van Halen and like wow. Poison. Yeah, he's like, he would, same thing I'm sitting here doing, he would do it and go dress them up. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they didn't have time. They're too busy partying. They're like, yo, you know what we like to wear? Go buy it. Get some money. That's what's up, man. And you know what I noticed? When you start to actively seek something, all of a sudden, it's everywhere. Yeah. Like once I became exactly. single, excuse me, I'm eating an apple. It's all good. Stay healthy. <laughs> once I became single, and I started like saying, "Okay, I'm not gonna be sitting here, boohoo, now I'm a lonely man, whatever." I'm gonna see what I what, what, what's out there. Not only did not only did I find uh, women left and right, it was almost too many people to choose from. It's like, oh shit, uh-huh. I thought I was whatless. Turns out I'm a super, I'm a super, um, uh, I'm gonna, I guess to say this valuable person as far as like a, a mate or a man. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that that's interesting, man. I know that it has nothing to do with, uh, with 70s clothes, but I'm just thinking, like, you know, if you want to find a, 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 a red shirt, all of a sudden there's red shirts everywhere. If you want to find a wife, yeah. all of a sudden there's wives everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So I think what you're getting to is it's about the intention. Hmm. It's about the intent and, like, what you want and, like, knowing that and putting it at the front of your mind. Right. And preparing yourself for it. Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so I think that the same thing applies to this music shit. It's like, okay, you know, how many degrees of separation are we from all these people that we be seeing on TV? And if you start doing the math, it's like, oh, shit, we're not that far off at all. (laughs) At all, bro. At all. And so when people don't understand that, they think that being a rapper or famous rapper or being a moderately uh, famous rapper, at least, is some kind of unrealistic, unattainable goal because they can't even fathom how far, how close this shit is to them. They probably walk past their favorite artists or every day or drive past them on 85 every day and don't even know. Yeah, but these people, you know, they live in very close proximity, especially if you're in Atlanta. Um, but... We all live a similar life. Just some people have more a bigger budget than others. Right. That's, that's really it. We all living in the same world. That's real. So, I want to explain to the people why the fuck I'm sitting outside. <laughs> <laughs> when I was asking you about some things you wanted to talk about, you said, 
that uh, you want to talk about the outdoors. And I was like, oh, shit, that's dope. Let me go ahead and set my whole shit up outside. Uh, I'm pretty much like a knee-jerk kind of guy. If I get an idea, I'm going to just go ahead and run with it. So uh, I, I actually it's, – it's good because it looks cool, but it's also yeah. bad because I didn't prep. I'm a, I'm a pest control guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I should have fucking yeah. sprayed the backyard because I'm getting ate up by these mosquitoes right now. <laughs> you a whole buffet out there. Right, bro. But um, what is your significance to the outdoors? Um, my significance to the outdoors is just, is knowing that at some point you don't know what's going to happen in this world and you need to be able to get comfortable in any situation. Mm. You need to be able to be prepared to like get comfortable in any situation. I went camping recently on the Appalachian Trail. Wow. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it was the second time, but, um, my homie was like, yo, but it's going to rain. I'm like... Yeah, let's get it. If Are these it, black if it ain't people? Raining, yeah, if it ain't raining, it ain't training. Like, Are these black people? Yeah, it was, it was just one homie, but yes, he was black. Wow. But go ahead. Yeah, so, um, you know, we had a situation with the canopy of his tent. Yeah, the, like, luckily in my kit, I pack, like, trash bags for emergencies and just collecting, you know, kindling. But uh, we were able to, like, patch it up and make it through the night. It was a little wet, but I was just happy that I was not freaking out. I was calm. I was low, you know, wet from the rain. But right. people, people out here sleeping in the woods next to your house. Yeah, under like, the uh, bridge, all that. Under shit. the bridge, like in the park, like that's that's what they got to do every day. So when you keep things like that in your mind, you can be comfortable. Do you? Um, yeah. uh, well, I, when I was a kid, I was in uh, not Boy Scout, Girl Scout, but I was in something called Pathfinders. It's like the Seven Day Adventist. Um, like outdoor type thing and I was uh, mm-hmm. fortunate enough to experience a lot of camping a lot of like edible wildlife a lot of like shit that you're supposed to learn about like you mm-hmm. know how to survive survival things I feel like that's a dying art right now yeah it's it's dying not so much I feel like it's picking up because of all this uh, COVID-19 thing mm, I feel like a lot of people <clears throat> yeah I think a lot of people look up and realize well one safe thing I can do is go out and go hiking like this, I'm 10 miles from people. I'm 50 miles from people. Like, hell, is six feet, you know? Right, right. I'm, you know? So that was the one thing that they felt like they could do safely. There are people who I know went hiking every single week, you know, yeah. just because they could. Wow. Wow. So what are the uh, skills that you picked up? So, of course, you said tent pitching, starting a fire, right? Oh, yeah, starting a fire. Starting a fire in the rain. You should always pack duct tape for... A multitude of reasons. It could be to patch up your tent. You accidentally, accidentally sutured your tent or something. Right. Um, but you can roll roll the duct tape up in like cigarillos shapes. Just leave like some uh, air hole in the middle. What? And um, yeah, just leave like some space in the middle, up and down, like to go completely through. Yeah. And you can burn those, and it can start it like in moist conditions you just got to make sure your uh kindling your thin wood is like stacked up right underneath it so it can dry quickly and then catch fire that's yeah if you're gonna cook over that duct tape burn off first so the fumes don't get into your food so you cooked outside under a fire yeah what did you use um to uh get the like to like cook like what did you use to like did you like put the the pot over the fire or how'd you do that yeah i had um i was about this i think it's a checklist of 
Czechoslovakian yeah. or some it's some European country, you know, no disrespect to people and <laughs> the pronunciation, but yeah. it's I think it's I think it's Czech. And um it's like a cooking cooking unit. Um it's like military surplus. What is it called? You remember? Uh if I can look through my gear list I can. Oh. Give me one second. But yeah, I was um while, while he's looking, I was uh I was fortunate enough in Pathfinders to get a couple of patches, like I said, edible wildlife, so you can I'm tell. Also which... selling gear lists. If people buy, you found it? Um, I've already tested them. I've already kind of like done my own personal review, and I can give you great tips. Yeah, please. I mean, my kids they always ask me, "Daddy, can we go camping?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, we can go camping for sure," but I don't know where to even start. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I know about a, a bunch of like kits that you can just buy or how to piece together your own if anybody wants to go. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I was saying like I learned about knots. I learned about edible wildlife, like what plants are edible and what plants will get you sick. I learned about yeah. uh, like how to protect yourself against like bears and shit like that. Um, what else? Uh, never did hunting. I want to try hunting. I'm a little bit <clears throat> of a of a pussy when it comes to like killing. I have a lot of like moral aspects as far as like seeing something die. Um, yeah. I'm not like a like a like a baby about that shit. I understand everything has to die, but I don't want to be responsible for their death. You know what I'm saying? Bad enough, yeah. I kill bugs for a living. That's like I'm. I have so much bad karma off of that shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, bro. Um. Nobody really wants to be in that situation, and it's not fun to do that, but I feel like just like the Native Americans felt in terms of if you needed to survive, just make full use of whatever you're going to do. Like, don't let it be for nothing. Don't let it just be for, like, play that you're killing this stuff. Yeah. Like, be, like because let it be because you have to feed your family or or, like, something like that. Right, right. Or, or you're about to freeze out here, yeah. so you have to like wear my skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the idea of doing whatever it takes to survive, um, a lot of people ha- don't have that 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 uh, that mindset. You know, it's kind of like, hey, I don't have Wi-Fi. Oh, my life is over, bro. Yeah, um, you just have to learn to be without. You know, we are very accustomed to being with these phones. People can. Back in the 90s and the 80s and stuff, my parents used to drive around a neighborhood like when they moved somewhere new. They would set aside like two, three hours just to drive around the neighborhood, drive around outside the neighborhood, drive to like where their job is, figure out different ways to and fro. Like now people just type it in on their phone. Right, right. They got their phone. Done with. Remember remember when back in the day uh, you would like, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in 91, so I would say... After like ninety, not ninety six, ninety seven is when I start, like started becoming conscious of my life. Like, yeah. You know, Where'd you grow up? Where you say? Yeah. I thought you said when. Um, Riverdale. Oh, Riverdale, uh, Georgia. Yeah, I'm from Riverdale. Okay. When I was a kid, right? Tell me if you remember this. When you didn't have school, you would leave yeah. in the morning, right? And then you'd be out all day outside. And come back when the sun went down. That's how it was for the most part. Most kids, yeah. Nowadays, I can't tell you that I would just let my seven-year-old kid, if he's seven, just go outside and be like, hey, come back later. Find your way back. That Beyonce joint. 
that's a that's a, another tri- uh, an, an antiquated thing nowadays. Like people just don't let their kids just go have go do their thing. But you know what's crazy though? It also has a lot to do with the way I've developed as a man. But my mom didn't really rock with us going outside like that. Like my mom was a nurse and she was hit to like a lot of like shit that was going on hmm. on the street level, low key. Like so, she would tell us. Remember her sitting us down, like, yo, there's some weird people out in this world. You got to be safe. Don't go up to anybody you don't know or don't follow anybody nowhere. They're going to try to touch your pee-pee in that, the third. And wow. we were like, what? We were like, what? Wow, she weird. told y'all. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she told us straight up. She told us straight up. She wasn't going to, like, sugarcoat. She was like, yo, they got to know because if they don't know what's going on in the situation, they're going to feel like everything is cool. Right. Nah, man. She told us. And I remember, I remember, like, knowing that, I was like, all right, if anybody ever does try, like, to lead me somewhere else where I know I'm not supposed to be going, and they grown as hell, I'm not right. going with them. You got to talk to your kids, man. There's parents I know that duck, like, really basic conversations. Wow. You know what? Uh, that's something that um, we have talked to the kids about. <laughs> like, hey, don't touch strangers. Don't talk to strangers. Don't hug strangers, that kind of thing. Because it took a while for my daughter to understand you can't just hug everybody. But she was like, trying to give hugs and shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We had that talk too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got kids, man? <clears throat> no, nah, I ain't got no kids yet. I've been blessed with kids yet, but, you know, I'm waiting on the right one. I've been very, uh, been very, uh, careful. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> you know, I pull out game. I know. Um, but yo, real talk, like, that's the thing that we need to think harder about. I have a whole podcast about that, dog. Like, stop having kids just having kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. The, the the whole world is overpopulated already as it is, and there's already so many kids that are displaced that are sitting in you know fuck it, fucked up situations. It's like you know if you really really want a kid, why not consider adoption? That's just my new philosophy, you know. Yeah, I ain't mad at more black kids though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I feel like just more people in general. Um, yeah. it's just it, it's, it's getting out of hand, dog. We don't have the resources. Yeah, every, everybody, every. This is gonna sound weird. This is gonna sound mean. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. <laughs> Everybody don't need to be having all these kids, man. I feel you. Like, like <laughs> if you're if you're a genius, if you're, I'm not saying that your intellect or anything or your success should contribute to how many kids you have, but bro, if we're being real, if we think about African culture, yeah, the people who had the most wives, they was able to take care of them, and nobody would look at them crazy. Like, yeah, you could have all them wives. Mhm, mhm, mhm. You feel me? Yeah, I feel like. So, <clears throat> go ahead. So, like, have have as many kids as you can take care of, but you have to be smart enough, and wise enough, and financially stable enough to take care of these. Don't just be popping kids out. You can't take care of the first or second one. Right. Right, and that's one of the things that I, uh, I, um, I feel like the government allows us to have children. Yeah, and they will support us having as many children as we can, regardless of whether or not we're financially stable enough to do it. Because if we're making babies, right, and taking care of babies, then how can we keep on like invest our money other in other places? Exactly. It's like okay, yeah, have as many kids as you want. Yeah, keep busting them nuts off. Because while while you're doing that, we're over here, you know, building empires. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, and then just setting up, you know, things for the black family to be 
separated and dissolved and all that good stuff. But that's that's a whole another. It's a whole another conversation. Yeah, bro, yeah. But just to touch on that. I feel like we had an episode about divorce and all that shit, and I had said this too. I was like, yo, there are, like, it's not a delusion. It's not a, a, the- uh, a, a conspiracy theory. Nah, they literally will break up families. They literally are doing it on purpose, specifically to, to break up families. And um, then someone will say, well, I'm going to do this on purpose. Like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to help them. I'm going to divorce my husband. I'm going to break up the family. That shit fucked with my head, dude. Yeah, a white man told me, an uh, older uh-huh. gentleman, yeah. told me that, uh, well, a man that believes he's white. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. We gotta, is this a black man who thinks he's white? Man, okay. <laughs> so I've, been, I've, been reading, I've been reading certain literature, and I've realized that, you know, yeah, through reading people. and educating myself, there's no black people, there's no white people. Because uh. if you go to any other country, you're like French, or you're like, you know what I'm saying? French people are French people. What does a French person look like at this point? Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's only in this country where it's like black, white, black, white. So I'm starting to change my vocabulary. But this gentleman That's a good was idea. like, yo. I'm going to try that. Go ahead. But go ahead. Yeah. So this gentleman was like, um, you know, back when I was growing up in like the 50s, 60s, like the way everybody looks at the Mexican family, like they stick together through thick and thin and they're tight and you can't penetrate. That's how everybody used to look at the black family. Whoa. Like, For real? Everybody used to look at the black families like, yo, like... We can mess with them when they're solo, but, like, we can't come for, like, different parts of them because they're going to stick together, bro. Right, like, right. They're, you know, like, they, the kids have good morals. They've been raised. They know what to do, what not to do out here because their life is on the line. The mm. same way it's on the line today, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they had more guidance. They sat down and they ate together. There was more, there was more of a focus on having that, you know, and the yeah. importance. Obviously, the economy and the way society was helped that fit in. We have different ways of working and making money these days, but you know what I'm saying I definitely feel like a return to that would 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 end a lot of things. We'd be more firm. We'd be more sturdy, yeah. solid. One of the things that really I have I have tried myself to get away from is separating us from them. Meaning, Black Americans versus West Indians, Nigerians. And saying, because I did notice that there's a very huge cultural difference between the two. And yeah. one of the, the biggest cultural differences is that stand out. The, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. One of the biggest cultural differences that stand out the most. Come here. Come on. Is that um, they, they stick to the family. And the grandma uh-huh. is in the house. The granddad is in the house. They, uh-huh. Everyone's there. Everything you do, uh-huh. you do it as a family unit. Every Sunday, uh-huh. they bring the whole squad over and eat dinner. And I'm uh-huh. not saying that, that black people, black Americans don't do that. What I am saying is that it's a lot of every man for himself, a lot of, uh, you know, separation, a lot of, you know, I'm going to go do my thing, y'all do your thing, doors closed, yeah. nobody talking, that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. And I didn't think that that was a thing until I started like be, becoming friends and becoming acquainted with Black Americans, like in a way where I literally like am in their homes like for long extended periods of time, and I realized that yeah, there's not that much value in what in this whole vibe, you know. A lot of them, a lot of them do like it and do put up pictures of the family, and family is important, but a lot of them don't really fuck with their family like that. Yeah, and they don't realize it. They don't know. Yeah, exactly. They think that they that they support their fam and they down for their family and all that. But at the end of the day, I look at the way that they treat each other. 
I'm not talking about all. I'm talking about some of the black Americans that I've come in contact with. And it's yeah. not it's not the type of way that we treat each other, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I know that a Jamaican, that an African guy will slap somebody in the head with a slipper. But they're doing that because they understand that they want to keep you in line. They want to make sure that you understand the consequences of your actions. And Jamaicans are very harsh and very, like, a, a, abrasive in their delivery and how they communicate and how they discipline their uh-huh. children. But it's all love uh-huh. at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like the Americans, uh, once they get that harshness, they just dip off. They're like, oh, fuck this. I'm about to go be emancipated. I'm going to go do my thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's because they're watching everybody else in America act the way Americans act. It's like, you know, there's people in the the Africans and uh, Jamaicans and uh, Haitians that will stay with their parents well into their 30s, almost like 25, 26. But it's it's commonplace in American culture to dip off when you're 18. Yeah, because everybody has to be a rebel and like societal norms is like I'm gonna just jump out of here when I'm not financially ready because that's what I'm being pressured into doing. Now I have debt. Now I can't do this. Now I can't do that. Yeah. Now right. you're back. Now you're back home with your parents. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, why didn't you just stay there in the first place? Stack your money and get your shit right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's because so of ego. Pressure, this pressure from this pressure from people. Yeah. Pressure from people you date, people you're trying to date. Mm-hmm. This pressure from your parents, the, the conversations you don't want to have. Right. You know, you know this and the third. But I feel like it's up to you to know how long you need to stay down till you get up. You know. Yeah. Damn. Every, everybody who's grown has been in that position where they had to like humble themselves. Yeah, go back, right? Go back. <laughs> When and I was then, you know, when I was homeless, a lot of cats that was out there it was just that. It's just like they just didn't want to talk to their mom and say that they were sorry. They just didn't want to say I was wrong. My bad. Imagine, imagine suffering because you're not humble. <laughs> That's sad, bro. Shut up, bitch. To, Be humble. To the person who made you in this world. Damn. That's some foul shit, bro. But there, there are some parents who are like once you, once you do all whatever you're doing and act up and do, you know, act like you just that third. They're like, all right, well, you just say what you said. And, but as a, as a grown man, that you just said you were, you got to stand on that. Damn. Damn, damn, that's, damn. That's the world, though. Hmm. That's the world. Yeah. So, what do you think we could do about it? Do you think there's anything we could do about it? Or, you just, or, or is it just like, that's just how it's going to be, and we just got to, you know, freak it? I feel like um, all these athletes and all these musicians that have the real money, should pull a certain percentage of it. Um, I know you're already getting taxed by the American government, but this is money that's actually going to improve the future for everybody in your family. Mm. You pull it together, you get hospitals, we get schools, um, we get our own property, acres and acres. A lot of people are starting to do it and get the idea. I'm loving it. I got a dude that I, I did some art business with, um, mm. Tyree Smith. Shout out to him in, in Atlanta. Uh, they just got, I think they said, 70 acres, man. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. But, you know, you watch these people work hard and they mm-hmm. get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be more of that in the community. And um, that's what we need to do. Buy land. I like it. Land. Stop school, buying stupid hospitals. ass shit. Stop buying $500 Gucci belt. <laughs> this watch is worth a house. That was smart. <laughs> Just so you could what, what Kanye said? Just so you could say, wait, what he said? I spent 400 uh, bucks on just just to be like, nigga, you ain't up on this. You ain't up on this, nigga. You ain't up on this. 
Your kids can't eat off that, man. Hell no. Nah. You can't eat Especially off of that. Especially that super like sloppy stuff in these made up diamonds. You go to get your diamonds polished, the jeweler swap your stuff out. Man, come on, bro. Wow. One thing I, I heard that really blew my mind, and I made a whole a song about it, was that diamonds are not even rare. They're not even rare. They're not even They're fucking not rare. rare. Somebody comes up and says, this is the price of diamonds. And everybody says, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? I heard that. Another, another thing that's similar to that that can save people a lot of money is the eyeglass industry. Oh yeah, I'm all about Zenny Optical. They need to be my next sponsor. Shit. Right, right. So if you if you um ever looked at Ray Bans and felt like a particular kind of way, like me, I never thought they were amazing. I never thought they were like cool. I was like, why do you so much money? Uh, cost so much? Why do they cost so much? I, what I found out is that the company, some company that owns a whole bunch of other eyeglass companies, makes all of them. Talk, talk to them and I was like, yo, you got to increase your prices because if your prices are this low. We're going to have to come down. So you got to do this. So they're like, all right. Wow. Not everything's high. That's why Zenny, everybody's trying to kill Zenny. You know how many times they try to sue Zenny and make them go out of business? Because <laughs> they're going to fall in line. I got like, like six nope, we're just going to get all, all the money. Yes. And you know what else I heard? I heard that there's only one company that makes all those fucking brands. Gucci, Ray-Ban, blah, 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 blah. They all make this. They all. They're all the same people. Make the frames. It's a monopoly. Yeah. Yo, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I was just doing a, a pause for dramatic effect. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Go ahead. I said it worked. Go ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I got two Zennies right now. I got my shades. And I got my regular ones, and then I got the other joints, the square ones, and I'm gonna keep getting frames. Cause I remember back in the day, I used to spend like three hundred, four hundred dollars on frames, plus sixty dollars for the lenses, each lens, plus insurance, all this shit, man. I like five hundred dollars on some stupid glasses that I'm probably gonna sit on or somebody will step on. And they just capping and, and, and uh, upsetting you the whole time and getting commission off it. Right. Right. So what this whole thing kind of fucked made, made me realize was, okay, okay, when it comes to, like, the music industry, the glasses industry, the jewelry industry, um, the food industry, oh, my gosh, all these big places, it's all just a big show. It's all a facade. And once I started yeah. realizing, like, oh, none of this shit is what I, what I think it is, it's like, well, what else? It starts to make me think, like, question what else is, what else is, uh, is bullshit? And then I started realizing, like, oh, shit. Pretty much everything is bullshit. Me sitting down and doing a podcast and putting it on iTunes and Spotify. It's bullshit. I'm just, I'm, 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 the, I'm a magician. Abracadabra, bitch. I'm taking all this shit. Woo, yeah, let me talk for an hour about nothing. It might the be only, important. The only beauty in it, the only beauty in it from that aspect is that this sound is a, a record of, of, like, Ottawa history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So... If for somebody to get inspired or for somebody to learn something that they might need to learn, that's the one thing. But other than that, like, if this whole world is, like, invaded by aliens, absolutely this podcast means nothing <laughs> other than that people made podcasts. Yeah, one day, yeah, somebody made a podcast one time. People used to make podcasts. It's a thing that people did. But our ego makes us think that whatever the fuck we're doing is going to change the world. 
That's the thing that's going to change the world. You're going to find some lost footage of somebody, you know, dancing at a, at a cookout, and that's going to be, that's going to get a million views, and your little rinky-dink podcast ain't going to get shit. <laughs> that's the world we live in, man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I spend a lot of time thinking about how to create content, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Two things happened to me. First, I, put, I, I, met a, I met someone like, you know, Airbnb chilling, and I'm, at, I'm in front of the fireplace, and, um, uh, Shook Ones is playing, and the verse is up there, and I synced it up with the Instagram stories, and then I put yeah. like a little a hand puppet. I, I uh, panned over to the hand puppet, the finger puppet that I've been putting in all my photos, and I said, "Oh, don't be scared, because it was Shook Ones." I said, "Click the link in bio." That shit had like, uh, I don't know, four thousand streams in less than twenty four hours. When I have stuff where I think so hard. One time I picked up a fucking Folgers and I said, the best part of waking up is that you did not die. And then I uploaded it. 2,000 streams overnight. Nothing makes sense. That's how it happens. And a lot of times when it's coming from like a deep-rooted organic place and you're not thinking about it too much, it's great. That's... um. A lot of people like Basquiat for the hype or just because he's Basquiat, but people won't really understand his artwork, understand that it's very, it's uh, childlike. It's very simple. It's, right. it's like you gave a kid some markers and a crayon and they did stuff, but they had the intellect to put weave ideas within it. Mm, mm. You know? Yeah, that's one thing that hit me that I was really trying to keep is the childlike wonder. And you lose it when people tell you that it's dumb. It's dumb to think that way. It's dumb to yeah. be optimistic and to be silly and be creative and be goofy. Um, they say you shouldn't do that. That's that's bad. But then they go to a club and get drunk, and when their inhibitions are let, let loose, they start acting like fucking children. So which one is people it? Is it act like a, an adult? In a bag acting crazy. Huh? Just people can get in a bag acting crazy. Right. So it's like, which one is it? Is it being an adult? All the time and be together, or be an adult unless you're partying and having a good time. Then you could act like a fuck, like an idiot. You know? Why not just act like an idiot and be fun and be silly and have fun and learn and, and learn and learn along the way? Like I don't get this whole like. Uh, it's, I feel like all of it is just ego and arrogance overall. I do feel like there's balance in everything, though. Yeah. I feel like some of it is there. I have been that situation. Um, hell, growing up with my siblings. I try to, you know, show them that I'm not going to be like a big bully brother that's going to be beating them up yeah. and being silly and, you know, just playful with them and just, you know, coming to their level. But yeah. then there'll be times where I'm like, it's my time to be the big brother and stand my ground on certain things. Mm. And it's like, they looking at me like, you know, so I had to revamp my whole thing. Like, look, <laughs> like, I, had to, I had to break everything down and build it back up in terms of those relationships and just get back right. But be, be that person. That could be taken serious and talk to them on their level. It's a it's a hard balance. That's why that's the way I I, I ended up with my marriage. Is like mm. you have to lead and you have to be strong leader. But mm-hmm. if you but there is a balance, like you said, like being fun and being silly and letting people get do what they wish, do as they wish. Yeah. There's a balance to that. If you let it happen too much, when it comes time, like you said, to be really stern, they like yeah. oh. The nigga that was on his head spinning around singing hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog is trying to tell me that, uh, you know, I should do something, something, man. Fuck that. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't, like, 
I, I have a strong urge to just like be fun and be silly. But when it comes to leading, you got to have that sternness and that that focus to be able to really get people to take you seriously. But it's like I don't want to lose myself trying to trying to get people to to, to listen to the, the the dad or the husband or the or the the the, the host of the of the show or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. I just thought... I'll, I'll I'll say this. Yeah. Um, I was watching an interview with uh, Roy Jones. Okay. Oh, good segue. Go ahead. Go ahead. And he was <laughs> he was um talking about how he learned like his ring presence and you know how he just you know maneuvers within the ring how he's the basis. He watched um cockfights. Huh. He watched cockfights. And he watch them like while they're on somebody's property, just being regular, like you know, chickens. Hmm. Um, he would notice how the most dominant is a train going by. Apparently, he would I can, notice how I the it. most dominant chicken would always puff up his chest whenever the other ones were in the presence, and make sure they understood, like, "Yo, what's up? It's cool over here, but like." Yo, just know that while y'all over here, I'm the one. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm not I'm not gonna back down from anybody who says I'm not the one. Mm. You know, it's it's good to move in that energy and a lot of good things come from that energy. You think that it's rude, you think that it's, you know, abrasive. But sometimes people need to see that. And it will treat you with more respect. If you, you know, always sloshed over when you ask them for things, you're not looking people in the eye, look. If you catch eyes with me from across the room, I'm gonna stare at you till you look away. <laughs> and that's something that I've noticed uh, is a is a de- is a definite um, hit or miss. It's like if you come in like I'm the dopest MC and I'm gonna prove it. People will be like, okay, prove it. And some people will be like, oh, he proved it, right? And no, some people no, will. There's, there's moving with the air and there's boasting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like sometimes you could be like, "Yeah, I'm super dope. Watch this," and you would rap. But just because you said, "Hey, I'm dope," they'd be like, eh, "It's all right," you know. Even though you just spit the hardest bars ever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or another thing that happens you is you can go, "Huh? Go ahead." So you're always gonna have haters. You just gotta keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Another thing is you could come in like super humble, like, "Hey, you know, I got something that's not really that great, but hey, you should check it out." And then you come, you come and fuck their heads up. And I think that's way more effective. Uh, is the element of surprise because that that has always had the best reaction in my opinion uh, that because I feel like when you come in too arrogant and too hot what happens is people will have a preconceived notion about how they're going to respond to what's what's being done in the same right. vein as you know uh, a boxer like uh, Muhammad Ali uh, was phenomenal at what he did right but when he got out there and started talking all that shit and rhyming and being all fancy. A lot of people just didn't take his ability seriously because he was just, you know, goofing and laughing and joking, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would but then see he just he had to put in the work over and over and over to show that he could do it. Right, right. And I would see the same reaction when he would step into the realm of like, just like, def- not even not just fighting, just like defending himself as an intellectual. Uh, it was often like, hey, he's so arrogant. Whatever he's saying is bullshit. Like I would see these like people in the audience. Like there's a there's a really powerful video of him talking uh, to like white people in the audience. Um, have you ever seen that footage? Like a talk show. I've seen a bunch of him on a talk different talk shows. 
And he just like, you know, he's making a lot of sense. But just the fact that he's so arrogant and so like, you know, just like puff out his chest. Yeah. The audience, they don't think that what he's saying is is is, is right. And they go, ah, come on, come on, you know. Even yeah, though he's a we've, all, we've all argued with somebody that we really don't like, and knowing darn well that. Maybe they're making a point, but we just don't want to hear it. So we're just going to shake our head the whole time and say they're wrong. Right, right. Just because just we don't like them. We're not actually going to listen to what they have to say. Mm. you all been there. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. And as I said, like, again, I keep on bringing back the marriage. It's fresh on my mind. My anniversary was supposed to be the 11th, so it's still fresh on my mind. But, you know, I hear her say very often, Olin, that is the dumbest thing that I have ever heard in my life. I'm like, What? Deadass? Like, that's the dumbest thing ever? And I'm like, it can't be. I can't be that dumb. There's no way. I gotta make some sense. Yeah, people like to, um, what they say, exacerbate situations. Hmm. Hmm. So what you been listening to? (laughs) What have I been listening to? I've been listening to the stylistics. I've Ooh. been listening to uh um, the ones that say, Bet you by golly who I Yeah. yeah. All that. The one that what else? I've been listening to Gil Scott Heron. I've been listening to Oh um he says uh his one joint, um I'm coming home, is that the song? I think I think he does have a song called Home is Where the Hate Is. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. All of that. All of that. But go yes, ahead. Sir. So you really in your seventies bag. Yeah, I mean I'm chilling. I'm chilling. So I'm I believe that the music you listen to has a lot to do with your energy level and what you're about to do. So I'm very careful about what I listen to and when I listen to it. Yeah. Like if I if I'm trying to pick up my energy um, I might play some of this music that they used to manipulate these young kids. I might play play all this high ass energy trap music. Like one one um one artist I really like though in that in that genre, the trap music. Is, yeah, it's like Lil Quill. Hmm. I've I never like heard Lil of that. Quill. Lil Quill. I'm gonna have to check him out. Lil Quill. Um, there's some artists that they're signed to uh, Ten Seventeen. It's Lil uh, it's Young Mall and Lil Quill. Oh, you're talking um, about uh, Waka Flocka shit? No, no. Oh, no. Gucci Man. Gucci Man, Gucci Man, Gucci Man, my bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's from, like, Kenla area. They, they go hard. Both of, both of them go hard, but just, just, um, the way Quill just is relentless, though, like, like, Maul has a dope flow, amazing flow, I love his music. Quill just is just, like, he wants to try to bleed when he's rapping. So, like, when I'm trying to when I'm working out, when I'm doing push-ups, when I'm doing stuff like that, that's what I listen to. Okay. Um, Let's see if, they, uh, if Alexa knows about this. Alexa, play Quill. Lil Quill. Songs by Quill on Amazon Music. Alexa, be quiet. There's, there's a Caribbean dude named Quill, too. Okay. Alexa, play Lil Quill. Shuffling songs by Lil Quill. On Amazon Music. We're gonna get flagged.
I remember post up on that blockchain, you wear it to sell my nigga look up to me, even though I number five feet ties me, never trying to stick it to the sketch for the time being last beat. I was selling this and I was grinding, trying me, I'm a living dead, made a face, come and find me, mom, do some fit with Alexa, add this to my library. Adding January, December, explicit by Lil Quill to your music library. Alexa, be quiet. So, can we talk about real quick how fucking influential Gucci Man is? Yeah, um, I would say that Gucci Man is probably the for best or the like top three ARs in Atlanta in terms of just connecting people. Um, uh, he's put a lot of dope people on. You know, I don't know about you know, all the politics and his business dealings and what people got going on, but what I've seen from the outside looking in is that. He puts people in position, like he'll give them a shot, like he'll give them a look at least, and that's all a lot of people need. It, off the top of my head, uh, can we say uh, Young Thug, like Nicki Minaj? Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, well, he did do music with Nicki Minaj, but they had the same manager at the same time. So, but he did like give her a definite foundation in the South. Yeah. Like I didn't know, I didn't know about Nicki Minaj till she was on she record. Who else? So I will say he did that for her. Okay. Who else? Um, hell, a lot of people, man. A lot Rock of people. Rock a flame? Uh, the, the, the Migos. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of artists. Some people you probably don't even know. So, what you're telling me is, like, <laughs> he's pretty much almost directly responsible for some of the biggest acts that exist right now? <laughs> I would say this. I would say this. Okay. Um, he's paying attention to what's around him. Mm-hmm. He's paying attention to what's around him the same way James Brown was paying attention to what's around him. Like, yo, like, um, he, he knew, he knew Bootsy. I was and, about to say Bootsy. He put dudes. Bootsy on, dog. Like, come on, bro. He knew he was That's crazy. Bootsy and what a lot of people don't understand is Bootsy is like the, um, the vessel, man. Bootsy's the vessel. He transferred the funk from James Brown to um, George Clinton. Yes, when he showed him about the one. The one. one. Woo! See, I rock with you. I rock with you. <laughs> I rock with you because you know. I know. So, yes, the one. Yeah, so he yeah. was like, tell people about the one, man. James was like, man, he, I, I like that, but it don't got the one. He's like, what's the one? <laughs> Yo, tell people what the one is, bro. So the one is just a, 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 beat, it's a beat pattern. You know, when you're making music or anything, you come on the one, the two, the three. It's like a count, you know. Um, so when you hit it on the one, it invokes like a certain energy because mm. when the song starts to usually like creeps in, but on the one, man, it just jams. It just jams different. It's something very, very, um, very holistic about it. So that's what it they call feels- jamming on the one. I never knew jamming what you were talking about. Jamming on the one. Jam- jam- jamming on the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so basically, let's say that the the one is you gotta. Uh, from what I remember, uh, Bootsy explaining it, it was like, say you're doing the bass line, boom, 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 boom. That's the one. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. But you can go anywhere. Boom, 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 bo
Yo, that shit's so Dog, that shit is so clean. That shit is so And he showed George Clinton that shit, didn't he? He did. That's crazy. Can you imagine? These niggas is high on fucking acid. And <laughs> he's like, George, here's the one. He's like, what the fuck is the one? He's trying to explain this shit to his high ass dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they made it happen, dog. Yeah. And it's up to George to be receptive, man. So uh, he made something beautiful happen. That's awesome, bro. So, yeah. When, like, this six degrees of separation shit, it always blows my mind when you figure out, like, who's responsible for what. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. There's no Bootsy. There's no, like, the, the character... Like, oh, oh, come on, baby. Like, that, that shit. None of that shit well, would have let's, happened. Let's, let's be clear, though. Because I've watched a bunch of documentaries on both yeah. George Clinton and Bootsy Collins. Um, the, the difference between Bootsy and George is George wore all that wild and crazy stuff. And then, you know, he, you know, changed out of his stage clothes. Bootsy was like that all the time. Oh, Bootsy was Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, he, he was in the character all day, every day. But that was, and, but see, the beauty of it was... At that point, at a certain point, you get to somewhere like it's not a character no more. This is really how I'm living. Like he was really, he was really that person, and he was really allowed to live like that because since he was a teenager, he'd been getting money playing guitar. Right, right. I feel like that's what happened to Pac. Working at Walmart, then they just got on. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's what happened to Pac. It was like Pac said, "I'm gonna be a thug," and he just like he just stayed in character forever, and then Mm -hmm. actually became a thug. Yeah, it happens. Happens. People don't know. Don't keep bringing that up. People don't know. Tupac was an actor. Went to acting school. Yeah, Juilliard. Went to acting school. I'm not saying I'm not calling Tupac a fake person by by any means. He did what he had to do for the community. He stood up for um, a lot of social injustice in this world. And created a great example for a lot of kids in certain ways. Right. But what I'm saying is, this man was an actor. Like, you know, and, I, and he's the, I'm not saying he's any kind of fake gangster. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't right. know what, what kind of work he's put in. Right. I don't know that he has put in any work. Right. What I'm saying is that he was an actor, and a lot of people have speculated that after Juice, he stayed in character. It happened to Al Pacino. It happens to the best actors. Mm. You, you get so good at this role, and people know you for this role, and, and like you just feel this energy, and it feels so natural. You stay. Mm. You just take you just take it as life lessons instead of like, oh, I have to go back to what I was. Wow, it's wow. something that's learned now. Wow. So, um, I want to close the show because the problem that I've been having is if I start doing a two hours, two and a half hour shows, I don't have the bandwidth to edit down something that long. You know what I mean? For sure. So I want to wrap it up, but I want to wrap it up with an idea that I've had that comes from an Atlanta artist that you probably are familiar with named Future. And I want you to tell me what you think about this idea. But give me one second. I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta re-upload the uh, IG Live. Give me one second. For sure. Okay, so this is my idea. <clears throat> okay, so this is my idea. 
And I want to close out with this idea, and I want you to tell me what you think about it. Let me uh, make sure that I get all the information right, though, as far as, like, okay. artists and everything. Because I might say it wrong. Let me just make sure that I get it right. So, are you familiar with the song Mask Off, produced by Metro Boomin? Mask Off, yes. <laughs> this was low-key a cultural phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh... I have a couple of theories about this song that I want you to tell me what you think, okay? Right. Okay, so this is the theory about this song. So, Alexa, play Mask Off by Future. Mask Off by Future on Amazon Music. Call how it is. Hit it. I promise you slide, so. Yeah, hit it. Yo. Alexa, be quiet. Alexa, be quiet. Alexa, play Prison Song by Tommy Butler. Prison Song or Render Remix by Tommy Butler on Amazon Music. Those are the two things I wanted to point out. So the first thing is that the song that Future made is about selling drugs, fucking women, and being a, a gangster, right? Yeah. Selling drugs, doing drugs, fucking women, and being a gangster, right? And my idea is, okay, think about this, right? All those things would not be possible, right, if it weren't for the ability to be a rich black man making music um, and uh, just being out there and being famous, right? So he has no cares in the world. All he, could, he all he wants to talk about is doing drugs, selling drugs, being a gangster, being a G, and being rich, right? Now, the song Prison Song, right? It was, um, hold on. It was recorded in uh, the 70s, right? And uh, it was recorded at a time, right? Uh, where a lot of black people and people of color in general were being like uh, giving like ten, uh, uh, you know, minimum ten year sentences for drug offenses because of the war on drugs, right? What? So on the Selma soundtrack, this song, uh, the prison song, was re-released on the Selma soundtrack, right? Because it shows uh, the uh, the significance of the song and about the prison industrial complex, right? And a lot of the the strongest uh, it's actually a song by um, uh, an artist named uh, Carlton, uh, not Carlton Banks. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, okay. So this is a wild theory, but I want you to hear me out, okay? Yeah. So future is talking about doing drugs and selling drugs. A lot of people's lives were ruined by the drug, the war on drugs, right? The war on drugs is 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 directly responsible for uh, breaking up black families. The war on drugs was also something that. Uh, put a lot of people in prison and made it so that this song, the prison song, was even a thing because it was recorded in 1976 and the war on drugs started in the 70s. And before that, people, were, black people were getting wrongfully accused for things like, you know, in the vein of uh, Emmett Till, et cetera, et cetera, right? 
So my theory is that when Future and, and Metro Boomin made this song, they sampled it because they had a really cool flute sample, right? They had no idea the significance of what they were doing. And I feel like people, right, who do things, just do it, don't really know if what they're doing is important, right? Fast forward four years, five years later, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Okay, fast forward three years later, the most important accessory in the world, right, is a mask, right? And a lot of people that are against masks, they, they equate... <laughs> they equate them uh, being forced to put on masks to being prisoners, of being in prison, right? Or in their own personal prison. And then, if you think about this, a drug addict, right, is also in their own personal prison. And a person who is, you know, uh, in prison is in actual prison, and they have to deal with their consequences, right? What I'm trying to say is, all this shit is super layered, and it's all because someone found a really cool flute sample. So what do you think about this? Do you think that I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, extra and I'm thinking about this shit too hard? Or do you think that I'm onto something? That, okay, I have a, I have a, I've heard a thing that someone said. They said this, right? They said, I say all that to say this, right? If you look at the, the, all the money in the world, it has something called unit, um, uh, e pluribus unum on it, which means united as one or something of that nature, right? It's Latin, right? Mm-hmm. Unum or uni or one is one in Latin, right? And then <clears throat> verse, right, is a part of a song, right? So if you look at the universe, it's pretty much if everything has a frequency and the world is connected and everything has a sound, then the universe is literally one song, right? So... So I think that if you think about this, that everyone in the world is connected harmoniously through, through their own personal song, and they all work together to create one big song, nothing matters. There's no thug music, there's no gospel music, there's no secular music, there's no good, there's no bad. It's all useful. I got all that because I heard some fucking mask on. What do you think about that? I feel like... Um just like in every, every industry, there are people who are good at what they do. Some of the people who are good at what they do take the time to study and do research. And that's not to say either parties did not do their research in making a song. What I'm saying is there's people in the NBA that's an all-star. They're not looking at film or Kobe and Magic and doing all this stuff, they're just playing the best they can. Mm. They're just picking up whatever they can see around them and if they, they see that and it works on somebody, they'll use it. You know what I'm saying? If they hear something, they'll sample it. If, you know, everybody doesn't feel that it's supposed to be able to do that and that's okay, I guess, in this society. But, um, if you care about mm, understanding your product in whatever industry you're in you need to research your materials that you're using to make said product you don't just pick up any kind of cotton baby shirt because it look good or because it feels good like yo this good thing we looked at this cotton this is giving somebody like breast cancer or something right like (laughs) you have to like really look at your product where it's coming from um the impact of its use but i mean you don't have to you don't have to, right? You don't have to, but that's the way you avoid situations like that. Do you think that Low Key, Future, and Metro knew exactly what they were doing? 
Um, there's crazier things going on in this world. There's people's kids getting snatched up and used for blood rituals. So, like, I mean, it wouldn't be ridiculous. I wouldn't be like, oh, I found it out, and I'm shocked and surprised. But you, you don't, you don't hope that that's anybody's intent. Do you think that listening to murder music makes you want to murder? I definitely feel like that's an agenda um, in the music industry. I mean, a lot of big labels, and don't quote me here, but through my research, I've seen that they have a share or, you know, partner with people in own, like, prisons. So if you own prisons and you're signing artists that make violent music and, mm. you know, promote violence and promote killing everybody and people who look like them, then these people who are listening to this stuff, they're listening to these chants. They're like, people, if you believe, if you believe in manifestation, imagine listening to somebody chanting something in your ear as you replay it 70,000 times and you agree with it as you're listening to it. Wow. Wow. So, so with that, so with that, it's like when I sign this artist, I don't even have to pay for commercials for prison. Like they're just gonna come because they're gonna do this stuff. You know, you know what somebody listens to, but how they dress and how they act. And uh, and really, bro, it's just it's just it's just sad. It's just sad. Um, I used to think people were like being annoying and being old heads when they're like, "Yo, young people, y'all listen to da 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 da." People banned Three Six Mafia and all these other people. Shout out to them. They made great music that I still appreciate to this day. Yeah. But they know damn well they made some music. You have a song that's literally tear the club up, bro. You know how many clubs they were like, nah, y'all not performing here. I'm not paying the insurance. It's gonna take for y'all to do whatever. <laughs> it's gonna get trash. Like yeah. they would literally tear the club up, man. Yeah. So, so a lot of people know what they're doing when they're writing these songs. You know, you're writing these songs out their spells. Yeah, that's what someone said to me. It's a spell. They were like, okay, uh, I wrote a song literally like seven or eight months ago. And one of the lines is, ranch in the villa, decor is hella rustic. I'm about to run to the store to get a substance. It was just some kind of like imaginary thing. I'm in a, a, a log cabin and I'm far away and I'm about to go for a store run. It has nothing to do with nothing. I just thought it was a really cool thing to say. Fast forward seven months later, I was literally in a cabin, hella rustic, about to run to the store, and it dawned on me, like, oh, shit, this thing that I said seven months ago is an actual thing that's happening. You got to be careful, man. That's why I correct people on their self-talk. Somebody was saying, my dumb ass, and I was like, no, you're smart ass. Wow. Wow. It was just yesterday. And wow. the look on their face was like, huh? But then they realized what actually was happening. Oh, damn. I heard that uh, Snoop Dogg had no prior uh, issues with the law until murder was the case. Yeah. Yeah, man. Gotta be careful. Wow. Well, that's a great way to end it, bro. Be careful. Wow. That was a powerful show, brother. I really appreciate you coming through, man. One day we got to do this in person, you know? For sure. That's a for sure right on. Because honestly, bro, we didn't even scratch the surface. Not at all, man. I held back. I'm not going <laughs> to... Yeah, we can't give him everything, dog. Because I feel all. like at one point you, you 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 can't go too far because people will think you're crazy. Look, and it's important that people don't think you're crazy. It's all good. Yeah, it's important to me that people don't think you're crazy so that they can actually listen to what you're saying. What you're saying? Because <laughs> once you're labeled as crazy, it's a wrap for you. It's bro. a wrap. <laughs> Any, anytime you tell the truth, they're gonna be like, "No, he's crazy." He's just the crazy. Boy yeah. cried wolf. Exactly. The boy cried wolf. 
Exactly. Well, do you have anything that you, you want to promote or tell anyone about before we close out? Hey, man, just move and thanks, you know. Be thankful. Mm-hmm. Whenever people ask me, how you doing today? I say I'm thankful, and it should be shots people a lot of time. But that's how I'm moving, man. I'm yeah. just showing I'm thankful to the world for a roof, for oxygen, my limbs. Like, there's people, there's people who's getting slaughtered by the, by the hundreds out in this world, and you be chilling in the AC. Mm-hmm. Relax, bro. You're going to be okay. going to be all right. You heard it today. That was him, Ziggy Tuplea. Hey, be thankful for everything. Stop leaning into your darkness. Lean into the light. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Peace Lean and love. Into the <laughs> you better sing that shit, bro. <laughs> Count your blessings. Girl. Hey, hey, sing that shit, bro. Lean into the light. Hey. All right, y'all. You have a good one. This has been the Late Bloomer Podcast. All right, brother. Keeping it organic.